T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We are back into our number two of the show. It's Sports Open Line, our final 2022 edition of the program. Have a busy hour coming up. Uh, we're going to be joined by Stu Durando in about 15 minutes. Of course, he covers the Belkins for the Post-Dispatch and STL Today. Jerry Palm from CBS Sports covers college football and college basketball. He's going to join us at about uh, 7.35. So uh, a lot to get to before we are done for the night and done for the year. Yesterday, the Blues pick up a win as they knock off the Chicago Blackhawks. Good win, 3-1. They, right now, Vladimir Tarasenko dealing with a little bit of of an illness. It's not clear completely what's going on. Craig Berube did spend some time earlier today after practice uh, speaking with the media and gave an update on whether or not we might see uh, Tarasenko play in tomorrow's game against Minnesota. Um, you know, I don't know. He's not here today. Like, so I'm not going to count on it right now, but just play, play here. Would you prefer him, I guess, to skate in the morning? Well, I don't know. It's a five o'clock game too, so it's tough, but, um, I really don't have any news on that right now for you guys. How about Booch? He's fine. Yeah. Just a maintenance thing with him? Yes. It's going to be a different animal tomorrow, right? With with yeah. God coming in here. No, for sure they've been playing well. Um, you know, I know they got beat last night, but uh, there'll be a lot of motivation. You know, uh, going back to last year, and they're a tough team to play. Um, you know, it's going to be a hard game. Have they changed their identity at all? It seems like they've gotten bigger and stronger. Maybe with some of their forwards brought in a, brought in a lot of big guys. Well, the Boldy kid's in the second year now. He's a hell of a player good size skill um bringing in reeves obviously is a revo's um you know a lot of gamesmanship with them and big and physical um you know i think their identity really hasn't changed you know even going back to last year they brought delore in and you know they got some big guys up front and good puck moving decor um you know and solid team. You've been pretty successful against them in recent memory here. Why do you feel like, what's been the key to that? Um, I think just match matching up with them, you know, with the, how the game has to be played, I think, more than anything. I think we understand what kind of game they're going to play, and, you know, we, we've risen to the occasion. With your, your new D pairs, does that change the way you deploy them? I mean, if you have Breco and Mikko there as a shutdown pair, um, yeah, but I think, you know, when you look at, um, you know, that Erickson Eck line, and I think Felino's out right now, but 
Greenway and um, maybe they had Hartman on there last night. I can't remember. It's still a heavy physical line, so there could be times that, you know, Meekly and Prink will be out there against them too. Big guys, handle them down low. What, uh, any any further thoughts on how, how your deep pairings looked uh, last night? Uh, you know, I think it was not too bad, not not good. Not, we it's got to be an improvement for me. Like especially in the first period, I thought that uh, it was a little loose at times, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like we talked about last night. Um, so I think we didn't need to give up those opportunities that we gave up in the first period. And after that, I thought it tightened up and was better. Uh, Mikula played, I thought a real good game. He was physical and hard on their, their top end guys, which was good to see. This is a, it looks like, a, especially with crew, got a real opportunity for Miko to, to get some minutes here, some serious minutes. Yeah, and Rosen. You know, mm-hmm. Rosie came through again with a big goal. Um, so he's got to keep working and, and getting better. Um, he's got a lot of potential, in my opinion. Is there chemistry that deep pairings develop, or is it different than lines? No, lines? it's the same. I mean, um, but. Those guys have all played together, you know, before, so I don't really think it's a big deal. I think um, Letty and Falk maybe haven't played as much as the other guys together, um, so that might be a little bit of work to get them on the same page. What you think of Cairo with, or I'm sorry, Barbashev with Cairo and, and Thomas last night? Well, they just didn't execute, really, for me last night offensively. Um, you know, that was the biggest thing. I think going back to that uh, Western trip, Barbershop was on that line. They really produced and did a good job. That was a thought process going back with them. Um, they just didn't execute. That's really what it boils down to. Kyber didn't get a shot attempt, I don't believe, until early in the third period. Yeah. Were they just kind of boxing him out, or um, was he just not getting to those areas? I think that the puck movement was slow between them and not crisp and clean and didn't create any opportunities because of that. To me, they, just, they hung on to it. They, they got checked off at a lot of times. They they bobbled the pass. They didn't, weren't clean with it and you know that didn't so it didn't uh, produce any chances. Craig you mentioned the other day that you wanted to see maybe two or three less scoring chances allowed did you see that? That's yeah we did one. we tightened up in the second and third and it got nothing so we got to continue to have real good um, rush defense I think that's key our forwards have to continue to work to get it back and, and get on the right side of things from the offensive zone our four check and our D got to um, recognize the rush what it is and and how they're playing it we want them to be tight with gaps so our forwards have to get back and we've got to help out did you see any difference maybe with Letty last night it seemed like he was able to transition that puck from D to O a lot I thought in the second and third he got a lot better and started skating the puck made some good breakout plays just on his own uh, looting people and getting up ice and skating the puck that's his game what have you liked about Logan Brown that made him the guy to go um, just I want to try to see what Brownie can do. You know, I want to try to, you know, he hasn't played a whole lot this year. He's been injured. And um, so I moved him up a uh, line with Achari and Saad. Um, so uh, that that was the thought process there. And on the power play too. Yeah. You know, he's got skill. So put him in front of the net in the PP and see if, you know, he can get something. He's a big guy. can screen a goalie too. So that unit with Perenko up top shooting and Shen shooting, that was a thought. Can What's he still use his body a little, little more effectively? I oh, one hundred percent. He's got to. He's got to. He's a big guy. He's got to get more physical. He's got to get stronger. Yeah. What What do you think of the overall power play last night? Oh, not good. 
No. Well, you know, it's been trending in the right direction. Um, I think, you know, last night again, you know, with Cairo and Thomas and, and that unit, they didn't move puck quick enough. It was too slow, and they got checked off at a bunch and just really didn't get any opportunities to net. O'Reilly and those guys, they actually were okay. They, they had some good opportunities on the power play just from generating quick puck movement shooting. Now you look at a game like Shen had last night with all those shots that he had and just not able to get, get one in. They don't go in sometimes. Yeah. That's how I look at it. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he shot the puck. I mean, that was good. Um, but sometimes they don't go in. You know, playing him on that off wing, though. I mean, is is he looking to shoot more now? Yeah, for that? sure. And he can see the ice better too. I think opening up a little bit. So, but he's he's got a decent one timer. You know, pretty good one timer. And um, I think you know him coming in off the off wing like that. He's got a better angle with a shot too. And plus, he plays that side in the power play, so kind of all go together. A lot there from uh, Blues coach Craig Berube. He spent that's a that's a longer off day media session than we normally uh, hear from him. But the team did practice uh, earlier today, and they get back at it tomorrow. They're going to wrap up this three game homestand as they are set to uh, take on uh, Minnesota tomorrow. Again, the Blues coming off a good win, three one against the Blackhawks yesterday. Now we'll see if they can start stacking together those uh, wins once again after they play tomorrow's game against Minnesota. And that is going to be a five o'clock start. He alluded to that a little bit of a different start time. New Year's Eve, a 5 o'clock start tomorrow at the Enterprise Center. Uh, and then they are going to uh, have a couple days off before they will uh, travel on Monday and get to Toronto. And uh, they'll play the next four games on the road after that, Toronto, New Jersey, Montreal, and Minnesota. So, that oh, that trip, they're going to have to um, – they're going to have to cross the border multiple times. They're going to have to cross to go to Toronto, then cross back to go to New Jersey, then cross again to go to Montreal, then cross back to get to uh, Minnesota. So not like the last trip where they crossed over to get to uh, Edmonton and then were played Calgary and Vancouver. Instead, they're going to jump back and forth over the border a few times before all is uh, all is said and done. My f- it's a stupid story. First time I ever went to Canada, I was in Detroit, and I, I crossed over, and they always ask you, why are you going? And my wife and I were big fans of the show, uh, How I Met Your Mother. And Robin Scherboski was from Canada, and she talked a lot about Tim Hortons. And we had never had Tim Hortons. There are Tim Hortons located in the United States. I'm well aware of that. But my wife and I decided that the first time we had Tim Hortons, we wanted it to be in Canada. So literally we're in Detroit, we're crossing over, and we get to the security thing, and they ask, why are you coming into Canada? And we said to go to Tim Hortons when there's 9 million Tim Hortons all over the Detroit area. So. That's uh, that's me in a nutshell. When we come back, we are set to be joined by uh, Stu Durando. We're going to talk uh, all things St. Louis University Bilkins basketball with him. That's next. This is Sports Open Line on KMO. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Online rolling on here on a Friday night, our final 2022 edition of the program. About 40 more minutes to go. Jerry Palm from CBS Sports is going to join us in about 20 minutes. Right now, though, we're very happy to go back to the Quiver River guest line and welcome in a guy who covers St. Louis University Billikens basketball for the Post-Dispatch and STL Today. He is Stu Durando. Follow him on Twitter at Stu Durando. Stu, thanks for the time. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm good, Matt. Thanks for having me. And I uh, I love the intro music with Elvis Costello there. Very nice. When uh, when Brad Young hosts at your, I think it's Brad Young. Maybe it's somebody else. So one of the at your service hosts use that as his intro every time. And uh, yeah, yeah. So we hear that song fairly often here at uh, yeah. at KMOX. <laughs> All right. Uh, it was a disappointing non-conference season for SLU, just in the sense that they built that schedule to put themselves in position to basically secure an NCAA tournament berth if they don't win the league. They don't do that, and now all of a sudden as they open up league play tomorrow, it really feels like they have to win the league to get to the tournament. Is that a fair assessment? That's the the way it feels, exactly. Um, You know, I haven't crushed numbers really tightly. You know, can they make things interesting and get in the discussion again for at-large if they go, say, 16-2 and in the league? Probably so, but um, you know that's a that's a tough task ahead of them. So, um, yeah, they've got uh, they've got a long way to go to kind of rebuild the resume. And this league doesn't help them in the sense I I forget if it was net top fifty or net top hundred, but the league didn't have a single win against that group in non conference. And now all of a sudden you get into league play, and it's going to be that much tougher to pick up wins that look really good to the committee. Yeah, it's just uh, probably the worst year um that i can remember in non-conference in terms of you know getting those those big wins what you know were considered quad one or quad two wins you know they haven't beaten any of the quad one opponents that the conference has played um dayton's the only i think slew's at number 100 as of today but dayton otherwise was the only top 100 net team in the A-10. So, yeah, the the wins, really good wins, are now going to be hard to come by because teams just haven't uh, put themselves in good positions. They lost three of four to finish off non-conference, a road game at Iona and home games against Boise State and SIUE. What would you put your finger on on the things that were going wrong during those games that led to the losses? Oh, um First of all, I would say that, you know, the Iona game you can get away with if you come back and you defend your home court, Boise State and SIUE, um, which obviously they didn't do and were in position to win both of those games. Um, You know, the offense has not been what it was early in the season. Um, The shooting overall has not been good. They're not proven to be a good three-point shooting team, as was expected. Um, I don't think they've proven to be as good of a defensive team as was hoped. Um, you know, some of the numbers, stats are good defensively, but some are really bad. They, One thing that's really stuck out to me about this team is that they force so few turnovers that they really create 
very few uh, chances off of the other team's mistakes. And for a team that's, you know, wanted to pride themselves on strong defense, which they do every year, try to do that, um, they've really come up short in, in that area. I thought it was really interesting, and you made a point certainly to mention it. The post-game comments after that last game against SIUE where Coach Ford talked about the team lacking vocal leaders and not being totally connected, but then you heard from Yuri Collins, and he said that there, there wasn't a, a problem with chemistry. How do, you, um, how do you kind of put those two things together? And it seems like two different things coming from two different people. Yeah, there might be a little bit of a disconnect on that. Um, you know, Ford has talked since the beginning of the season, and it's been obvious if um, in going to practices. This is a very, or even watching games, it's a very low-key group of guys. They're not demonstrative. They're not emotional. You don't see a lot of displays of, you know, enthusiasm, excitement on the court. There's not a lot of loud voices um, like uh, Jordan Goodwin was, uh, Hassan French, Martin Linson was uh, a loud leader last year. Um Travis seems to put a lot of emphasis on that, and he's, um, you know, whether that's a major source of a problem or not, they're definitely not getting it. And um, I think that has frustrated him because he's, you know, he himself is uh, a very loud, demonstrative person in terms of trying to motivate the team. So he's looking for someone to kind of light a spark in that regard. Um, but I don't know if that's something you can really generate from personalities that, that maybe aren't that way. Um, and try and get that going in the last two months of the season. But they're looking for it. Stu Durando continues to join us, covers the uh, Billikens for the Post-Dispatch STL today. Do you think it was good for this team to, and I know they were they got some time away from from each other for a bit, but they, they haven't played in a week and a half. Is this a good time to, to have that break and to be sitting on that loss, essentially? Well, it's never, <laughs> it's never good to go into the break with a loss, especially the way they lost that game, losing an 18-point lead. Um, it, it's the kind of length of break that they're kind of accustomed to having at this time of year, maybe a day longer uh, or maybe two days longer, but nothing out of the ordinary. Um, the break's always good, I think, especially when you know maybe things aren't going well. But they did come back on Monday and practice for – what, five days before their first A-10 game tomorrow. So they've had a lot of time without a game, but they've had a lot of time to really focus on themselves and try and work things out. Um, they've had a week off at other times this season, um, but they still haven't been able to get things straightened out. But the, the time's kind of now or never for them to get things going. And the practices, from what I understand, are at least a practice, uh, pretty high intense. I mean, you're able to do that when you've got some time uh, before your next game. You're able to kind of raise up that intensity during practice time. Yeah, I think they had some longer practices this week. They had a one day with two practices. Um, you know, Travis is known for some pretty intense um, workouts, and then he tends to um, shorten practices as the season progresses and they get into January and February. But um, yeah, why not? You know, he, he tried, he's trying everything. He's trying to push the buttons to try and get, get things going. And then, you know, maybe they have to make some changes. We'll, we'll see tomorrow if maybe there's going to be some rotation or lineup changes that might help. Um, he's been hesitant, it seems, to do that so far, sticking with the same starting five and the same basic rotation. But it might be it might be time to start trying some other things. 
not trying to be dismissive of St. Joseph's, but it feels like tomorrow's game is one of those games where SLU obviously goes through a scouting report and looks at their opponent, but in many ways for SLU, to me at least, it feels like tomorrow's game is more about them and them putting their best effort on the floor, and if they do that, they should be able to be successful. Yeah, they're going to be favored um, in most of their conference games, and they're you know they're favorite tomorrow. They'll I don't know if they'll be a favorite at UMass next week. That'll be that'll be probably be a toss up. But yeah, tomorrow's a game that they should win. Um, but road, the road's been a problem for the Billikens for you know several years in the Atlantic Ten, um, and they've just never been able to get any consistency going. But you know, a four and five or five and four road record's not going to cut it. Uh, this season, if they plan on challenging for the top of the league, you know they're going to have to go seven and two, eight and one on the road if they want to be in that upper echelon and um, and build their NCAA tournament resume. He is Stu Durando. You read him in the Post Dispatch. You read him at STL today. You follow him on Twitter at Stu Durando. Stu, thanks so much for uh, taking this time, especially here on a holiday weekend. Have a very uh, happy New Year, and look forward to uh, talking to you in twenty twenty three. All right, good deal. I appreciate it. All right, very good. There's Stu Durando joining us here on Sports Open Line, and we appreciate him taking a few moments with us. By the way, SLU tomorrow is a seven-point favorite. So a seven-point favorite on the road. I think I was talking about this on this show to, at some point in time recently, uh, that just the, the home advantage in college basketball is greater than the home advantage in any other sport. More so than college football, more so than professional sports, baseball, football, hockey, whatever. Uh, The college basketball home advantage, home court advantage, is the greatest home advantage that exists in all sports. And look, we saw that to a certain extent with what happened with Missouri this past week. Missouri's a good team. Missouri's a better team than any of us expected them to be. I don't think they're going to win against Kentucky and Lexington. I don't know if they play Kentucky and Lexington this year. But if they were to play Kentucky and Lexington, I have to look up the schedule and see if they if they have a return trip this year. Um, if I don't think they're winning that game. And with all due respect to Missouri, they play their next game next week uh, on the road. And that's going to be a challenging uh, game as they are set to uh, go on the road. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday of next week? I'm just going to have to bring up their schedule and look at this. Uh, they're going to play Wednesday at Arkansas. That's going to be a really tough game. And in all likelihood, they are not going to win that game since I have the schedule up. Do they play? They do not. That was their only game against Kentucky this year. So they win the season series from Kentucky because they don't have to play them uh, in Lexington this year. But the the point I'm trying to make here is that it's notable that SLU is a favorite at St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's did not have a great non-conference. They went six and six and did they beat anybody of note? They beat Penn. That's your, that's uh Oh, they beat St. Peter. St. Peter's isn't very good this year though. Uh, yeah, St. Peter's and Penn were their wins of note in the non-conference. They got blown out by Houston. They uh, lost pretty bad, double-digit loss to South Florida. They got blown out by Fairleigh Dickinson. They got they lost by 10 to Temple. Uh, they, they played tough with Villanova. Their tough loss, their 71-64 loss against Villanova might have been their most impressive performance of non-league play. So uh, they're not very good. They are not a very good team. They're 6-6. Six and six. And if SLU takes care of business, if SLU plays their brand of basketball, if they play the way that we expect them to play, if they match the way they played against Auburn outside of free throw shooting, like Stu said, 
they they could potentially be favored in every game in A10 play this year, uh, at least the vast, and they will be uh, favored in in the vast majority of them. This is a good slew team, and man, oh man, do I hope that they make uh, a solid run and get to the conference tournament uh, championship game and win that thing because I want to see this Billikens team playing in the tournament this year. All right, uh, when we come back, we are going to be joined by uh, Jerry Palm from CBS Sports to we'll talk college football and college basketball with him. That's next. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line rolling on here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. It is bowl season. We're watching uh, Tennessee and Clemson at the moment. Scoreless uh, late in the first quarter. That's a good game. There's some good games uh, coming up tomorrow. Very happy to be able to go back to the Quiver River guest line to talk all things college football. Also talk all things college basketball. Here's Jerry Palm. You read him. You see him on CBS, CBS Sports, CBSSports.com. You follow him on Twitter at CBS. Jerry, thanks so much uh, for taking some uh, time with us. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Uh, college football bowl season continuing on. The college football playoff games, obviously, uh, coming up this weekend. I know the trendy thing is that people say get rid of the bowls and these games don't matter. I've always enjoyed the bowl games and the fact that kids get one more game and fan bases get to go somewhere cool. But it really feels like there hasn't been much juice to a lot of games this year. Do you agree with that? No, I think there have been some pretty good games this year. Uh, it's you know, It varies from year to year. Uh, I think the early games don't always get a lot of the pre-Christmas games don't get mm-hmm. a lot of attention because, you know, people are still, you know, getting ready for Christmas, so they're, they're not maybe watching as much. But these games outdraw all the other sporting events on, on those days on television. So there's obviously people want to watch football. And as long as people want to watch football, there's there's going to be a market for these bowl games and, you know, it's, I mean, I know bowl games are, I know what they are, right? They're grand exhibitions. No coach is ever going to get fired for losing a bowl game. You know, that, that's what they are. But I think they're great. Um, I watch as many as I can. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see any reason to get rid of them just for the sake of getting rid of them, as long as the teams like to participate and the fans like to go and watch on television. You say no coach is ever going to lose, uh, you know, get fired for losing the game. You're 100% right in saying that. I can say, though, that there's a lot of Missouri football fans that are very frustrated that the team offensively was not able to do something late. And I feel like the bowl performance from the Tigers did put that much more pressure on Eli Drinkwitz to try to get that offense right. So th- there could be a little bit of stakes. Uh, not n- Nobody's losing their job over it, though, like you said. Well, you know, it's. And the thing about bowl games is that I can't speak to Missouri's situation in particular because I don't know what's going on there in terms of did players opt out or guys in the transfer portal because the roster that you had at the end of the season invariably for uh, every team except maybe the playoff team is not the roster you're bringing to your bowl game. And, it, you know, I'm a Purdue guy, uh, and I'm going to go down to watch the Purdue in the Citrus Bowl, our quarterback. Uh, the nation's leading receiver, uh, one of the best tight ends in the country, three uh, defense. Uh, we've had opt-outs and, and guys declaring for the draft all over the place, and we're and we're going to get to see a lot of our backups. And so you don't always know what you're going to get uh, in a bowl game because of that. Uh, but you know that's uh, the players doing what they want to do. But it's hard to judge teams based on how they perform in a bowl. 
Are you at all surprised at how quickly that became a thing? Because, I mean, we go back five years and really guys were not opting out of the bowl game, but maybe it's connected to name, image, likeness, and just college athletes realizing that uh, their job at times is to you know provide money in, in the future as, as a professional athlete. But the whole bowl opt-out thing really started happening just at a snap of a finger. It, it actually began with Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. Uh, so whatever year was their senior year, those guys have been in the NFL now for a while. Those were the first two guys to do it, uh, to opt out of a bowl game to uh, preserve themselves for the NFL. Uh, and now you've got the transfer portal, which is much newer, a couple of years, uh, and that opens up right after the end of the regular season as well. And and so you and you've got a signing day in there too. So it's a it's a recruiting nightmare because mm-hmm. you have the players. Uh, choosing to transfer, put themselves in the portal, which doesn't necessarily guarantee they're leaving, although most of them obviously do. And then you're trying to sign a recruiting class, and high school recruits don't know what to expect because, you know, and then coaches are also getting new jobs, and all the coaching changes happen then. There's so much going on in the three weeks between the end of the regular season and Christmas Day uh, in terms of personnel shift, both in the coaching staff and players, that it's hard for everybody to keep track of it and manage it. Uh, and it's become a much more difficult thing. And it, the impact on the bowl games is minimal compared to just the impact on all of these players trying to figure out what they want to do. Do you think the bowl system is going to change very much after the expanded playoff comes in? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there's some talk that they may want to uh, – make it harder to get into a bowl game just for eligibility purposes. Cause right now six and six is good enough to get a team in. Uh, there are going to be bowls as a part of the college football playoff. Uh, the first round is going to be home sites, but then once they get to eight, the last seven games are going to be played at, well, six will be played at bowl sites. And then the final game will be rotated around uh, at where like it is now. Um, not necessarily a bowl site. So, so there, there'll be fewer bowls in play for um, the teams that are not in the playoff, but obviously there'll be more teams in the playoff. Uh, I think as long as, uh, as long as people want to watch the bowls and they want to put them on television, I, I don't think we're going to see a significant change other than some of the bowls that we're used to seeing maybe on New Year's Day will now be part of the college football playoff and won't get played otherwise. Jerry Palm from CBS continuing to join us. The two college football playoff games coming up Saturday, TCU against Michigan in the 2-3 matchup, and then Georgia-Ohio State in the 1-4 matchup. Are you more looking forward to either one of those games? Well, yeah, Georgia and Ohio State because you have arguably the best defense in the country in Georgia against one of the most, if not the most prolific offense in the country in Ohio State. And when those two units are on the field, for me, that's must-watch television. That's the most compelling matchup of the entire bowl season uh, is those two uh, those two units on the field. Uh, obviously, there's going to be times when Georgia has the ball, and then I just want something to happen to get the other two units back on the field. <laughs> so um, that game is uh, that game is really compelling. Ohio State was number one for you know a part of this season, uh, thought to be or number two for a big chunk of the season, and thought to be the biggest challenger to Georgia. And now, of course, they get to play them in the semifinal instead of the final because Ohio State lost to Michigan. So, um, but I think that, that that game is really compelling. Ohio State is almost, if not every bit as talented as Georgia, and that's a pretty tough opening round matchup for the for the Bulldogs. Is it good for college football when uh, 
if a TCU can beat Michigan, TCU is one of the non-Blue Bloods. Obviously, they're from a power conference, but we don't think about TCU as being the big-time college football power. Is If you don't have a rooting interest in that game, is it good for programs like that to, to win and emerge and move forward? I, I think so. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's good for the sport to have different teams in there, different names, and that's something the expanded playoff may give us. Yeah, you know, because now more teams are going to be in the playoff. Therefore, we might get teams that we're not used to seeing advance in the playoff and put themselves in positions where they could possibly compete for a national title. Um, you know, the it's funny because the, the NCAA tournament, you know, that's six rounds uh, if you don't count the first four, and a lot of people say. We like the upsets the first and second weekend, and then we want to see the teams we know. And so maybe that'll be some of this in the college football playoff as well. They, they don't mind the, the uh, unknowns, I suppose, for lack of a better term. You know, having a little bit of success, and that makes it fun. But then in the end, they want to see the best teams play. We're talking with Jerry Palm from CBS Sports. Uh, just a little college basketball. You mentioned you're, you're a Purdue guy, and... Purdue basketball, the number one team in the nation by far in both the AP poll and the coaches poll. How good is this? You know, a lot of times at this time of the year, you look at the number one team and they're not the team that ends up being there at the end. How good is this Purdue team? Well, they're very good, but I would like to see just personally, I feel this way about everybody, not just Purdue. I don't think you really know about a team until they start playing road conference games. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you because those teams know you. Right, they don't have to scout you so much. I mean, a little bit, but you know, they already know you, and and th- those environments are hostile, and it's it's a different thing than playing like Purdue did. They played Duke out in Portland. It, it would be different playing Duke at Duke, right? It's, it's, or uh, playing, um, for example, Rutgers at Rutgers is harder. I think, even though Rutgers isn't as good a team as Duke, I think that's harder than playing Duke in Portland. So. You know, I think that you know that's where you really get tested is in these conference games. Purdue is outstanding. Zach Eady is a monster in the middle. They're, they have two freshman guards that are playing terrific. Uh, when they hit their three-point shots, you can't defend them. Um, lately, that's been a little more um, sketchy, uh, but uh, they've got guys that all they can all shoot. And when, when they get out of their collective slump, and we may see, have seen some of that last night, um, that, that team is going to be really hard to defend. When you look at the Big Ten, and I know right now there's only two teams that are ranked, but uh, or three teams that are ranked. Illinois had been ranked until recently when they lost that. Uh, they've lost a couple games, but it feels like in the Big Ten there's not a whole lot of difference between maybe say the the third best team and the tenth best team in that league. It's a tough game every single night in that league. Yeah, there's been some really disappointing results, though. I mean, Illinois just had one. Uh, last week, I think, uh, Michigan last night losing to Central Michigan. Iowa yeah. lost to Eastern Illinois. You know, the, the Big Ten, the preseason Big Ten, the favorites were considered to be Illinois and Indiana and maybe Michigan State. But those teams were not top ten teams, none of them. So, really, the the difference between what we expected from the Big Ten at the beginning of the year and what we're getting now, the biggest difference is that Purdue, uh, which was unranked to start the season, is number one. And the other teams are about where we thought they would be. Wisconsin has been a pleasant surprise as well. Um, but, you know, the, the rest of the league is, is similar to each other, but I don't know, other than Purdue at their best, if there's another elite team in this league. It's someone else that you, you look at and you think for sure that team is playing in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament.
I'll finish you off with this. Missouri, they got that win against Illinois, and then I think they surprised a lot of people when not just beating Kentucky at home, but beating Kentucky by uh, a pretty good measure. And they've only lost yeah, one game. Uh, they're, they're probably going to be ranked, you would think, when the next rankings come out. They don't play this weekend. How surprised have you been by Missouri, and what are you expecting from them as they get into the gauntlet? That's the SEC schedule. Well, I think a lot of Coach Gates. So um, I am not surprised that they're having success. I'm surprised it's happened this quickly. But I thought that that was a great hire for Missouri uh, to get uh, Dennis Gates. And uh, that's a guy that's going to build this program up to be competitive in the SEC. And they've already shown signs that at least, you know, that they can compete uh, right now. Can they do it consistently? That remains to be seen. The conference grind is a long grind. We'll see how they do. But they've already sent some messages, you know, that they're here uh, to – to try and compete in the SEC. And that's, um, I think that that was a, a great move to get uh, Coach Gates. And, and I think that this is only going to get better for them. He is Jerry Palm. You uh, read him and you see him uh, at CBS, CBSSports.com. You follow him on Twitter at JPPalmCBS. Jerry, thanks so much for the time, especially on a holiday weekend. Have a very happy new year and look forward to talking to you again real soon. All right. Thank you. Jerry Palm joining us here on Sports Open Line. We appreciate him taking uh, some time with us. College football playoff semifinals coming up tomorrow. Kyler Rosen, are you? Uh, are you? Is there one of these two games or a single team that you're? I guess this is two separate questions. Game you're most interested in. Team you're most locked in on. Um, I'd say I'm interested to see what TCU can bring okay. against Michigan. They got that. Michigan has that old school style of Big Ten football, grounded pounds. So it'll be interesting to see how that works against a Big Twelve type defense. But uh, I'm in on Georgia. I yeah. I love Kirby. I love what he's got going. I mean, they're the, they're the best program in the country yeah. right now. And I don't mean they're the best team in the country. I mean they're the best program in the country. They've moved by Alabama. They've moved by Clemson in that category. We can argue which one of those two had been that over the last decade or so. But Georgia is clearly the top program in all of college football. I'm most interested in Georgia Ohio State. I think that's going to be a great game. I'm most pulling for TCU. I want to see one of them. Yeah. Blue Bloods is such a college basketball term, but mm-hmm. we don't have a college football term, so I'm going to use it. TCU is the non-Blue Blood of the four teams that are in the college football playoff, so I am rooting for them to do something. And I'm a Big 12 honk. Yeah, I am a total Big 12 honk. I went to a Big 12 school. I lament the fact that programs have left the Big 12. <laughs> I love the Big 12, so I want to see the Big 12 team do well. All right, one more break. We'll come back and we will wrap up not just this edition of Sports Open Line, but we will uh, wrap up 2022, our uh, final segment of the year on the way next. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX, starting to uh, wrap things up. A couple of programming notes for you uh, as far as what we've got going on from a sports standpoint this weekend. Slew Bilkins basketball. They've got a big one tomorrow. Try to you know, the, the the cliche is press the reset button. That's what they'll try to do after losing three of their final four in non-league play. They open up conference play on the road. They'll take on St. Joseph's. That game is coming up tomorrow afternoon, 12 noon start. So that means our coverage is set to begin just after 11.45. 11.47 is the exact broadcast time for tomorrow's game. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr. live from Philadelphia tomorrow afternoon. Afternoon. Then on Sunday, we have Chiefs football. They match up against the Broncos. That's going to be a 12 noon kickoff. So the thing that's scary about that game for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are going to win. 
Uh, they're favored by 12 and a half, and they're, they're playing at home. But the thing that's scary about that is when teams have coaching changes, sometimes there's that temporary bump as a result of the coaching change, and the Broncos fired their coach this past week, Nathaniel Hackett. He didn't even make it a full first season. He was done in the middle of the year. So uh, that's uh, so the Chiefs are going to be playing the first game where the Broncos have an interim coach, but the Chiefs are still going to win, and uh, all is going to be good. And then coming up on Monday night, Monday is uh, New Year's Day uh, celebrated, as my Apple Watch is trying to make noises for some reason. Uh, Monday is New Year's Day celebrated, so we will not be here. We will take the holiday, and uh, we're going to have a um, not best of program, a year in review program coming up on Monday. It's actually going to go an extra hour, so we are going to go from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, put together a year in review, not just really looking at St. Louis sports, but more looking at the biggest sports stories that happened from a national perspective uh, this year. And uh, in that three hours, I have nine separate interviews with people who covered uh, some of the biggest stories. We'll run some of the play-by-play clips of championships from this past year. Just uh, a lot of fun. So if you're looking for something uh, on Monday, 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, we've got our special year in review program. And uh, look forward to uh, bringing that to you here on uh, KMOX. Just a personal note really quickly, because I like to be sappy about things. This has been really cool, and we go into uh, 2023 now, but uh, I'm wrapping up uh, my first calendar year as the host of Sports Open Line. I joined the year midway through the year, so I'll be going into my first full year, knock on wood. I'll be going into my first full year of, uh, of hosting this program and being part uh, of the team here at uh, KMOX, but uh, just a moment of reflection as we do wrap up 2022. I can't tell you. I can't tell you enough uh, how much I have enjoyed being here, how much I've enjoyed hosting this show, how much I've enjoyed uh, hosting on the Cardinal Radio Network. It's really been uh, a dream come true as somebody who grew up in St. Louis and left, and left for a long time, and for for much of my time, I never thought I was going to get back to St. Louis. I really didn't. When I was when I was working in Milwaukee, I I I, I kind of thought I'm going to end up spending the rest of my life in Milwaukee. Thank God that did not happen. Thank God I am here. Nothing again. I I love the people of Milwaukee. I have so many friends there. But trust me, I am very glad to be uh, in St. Louis and to be here. Uh, so yeah, I. I didn't know that I would get back to St. Louis, get back to my hometown, and be able to uh, work here at KMOX, which has been uh, really, really cool. So just kind of a, that moment of reflection, thanks to you for welcoming in to your to your homes, to your cars, the interaction we have on social media. You can always tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I love extending our conversations, obviously a lot uh, relating to uh, the Cardinals, but I love being able to extend uh, our conversations and extend the topics that we do on Sports Open Line into uh, into the social media world as well. So if you ever hear me say something and maybe you don't want to call, maybe you don't want to text, and that's totally understandable, but you've got something to say you can always get at me on social media twitter can be such a toxic place and obviously twitter has turned into a uh, a political hot button issue here in the uh, in recent months but for me uh, I use it just to have fun conversations and to be able to have uh, really enjoyable conversations with people. So feel free to get at me on Twitter and we'll talk and I won't call you names. I might say you're wrong, but I won't call you names and we can continue this on. So be safe. 
Don't do anything stupid on New Year's Eve. If you have too many drinks, don't drive. Call a cab. Call an Uber. Do whatever you need to do. Have a wonderful weekend. Spend it with your family if you've got family available. Enjoy all the football that's going to be going on. And then uh, we will get back with you on Tuesday. Uh, Yeah, when we'll start uh, 2023 together. This has been Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.